What's up, everybody, and welcome to the club. Today is October 22nd, 2022, and we have an amazing episode in store for you guys. We have Joshua Miller joining the podcast alongside my co-host, Fauci. Fauci, say what's up to the people, man. Hey, yo, what's up? How's it going? Awesome, awesome. Joshua, we're super excited to have you on the podcast. Um, If you guys are listening, if you guys are listening and you want to listen in live and you're listening on YouTube, you're listening on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, you want to listen in live, make sure you go ahead and check our Twitter at the club real. So that way you can be in the live stream and be able to ask questions and be able to participate with the audience that we have here. Before we go and get get into the details, I want to let you know that we have a giveaway at the top, pinned at the top. If you guys want to enter that, so free NFTs for everybody. So feel free to enter that, no cost. Just share and 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 follow the steps so that we can get people. Actually, you know what? Just share the because that now that the the link on that post is the, is the is the old link, so I was like, I don't know if it, if it would work. Um, but maybe just share the maybe just share the space. We, we should be okay. Uh, but yeah, Joshua, again, thank you so much for for coming on here. Um, we can get started, man. I, I just wanna. I just want to kind of get into this is more about you. So if you can give us like, how did you get started in crypto? How did you find your way into Cardano? I know you were somebody that was there from the ground up. So I'm sure there's so many people that are going to be, you know, super interested in hearing your story, man. (laughs) It sure is an interesting one. Uh, You know how I got started in crypto. I knew about Bitcoin way back when, but it all really started uh, in like the summer, the end of summer 2017. I got hit up by this random headhunter saying that this blockchain company was looking for uh, somebody with uh, executive assistant experience, but also wants a veteran. Um, and there's very, very few of us out there that go into this. Um, so I just happened to fit the bill because I was in Colorado. So I just started interviewing for it, figured out it was Charles uh, Hoskinson. So I started doing research on him. Um, you know, and then in like September, I did an in-person video uh, interview uh, over video chat with him. And then in like October, I went and met him at this little Starbucks at the end of town in Broomfield. Broomfield's like suburbia hell that's right before you get to the plains of nothing uh, until you get to Loveland and Fort Collins up north. Uh, So I thought it was really interesting to talk to him. uh, And I thought it was really interesting what he was getting into because I really wanted to go into technology, but I never really got a chance to. Um, So when I went in, uh, we talked a lot, and then I didn't hear back from him until – mid-November and he called me from like Switzerland or something like that. He's like, Hey, can't wait for you to uh, come on board. Uh, we've got your start date for December. Oh, by the way, when you come on, you got to get a passport quickly. Uh, cause we've got to go to what, what was it? 11 countries and 13 cities over 49 days, just right off the bat. So it was baptism by fire. Um, and then just from there, I was traveling with them all the time. Like you guys have probably seen, uh, 2017 to 2019, we were just, you know, hustling it. Uh, I went to over 32 countries with him, conferences everywhere, just letting you know people know about Cardano and how it's been deployed. And at the time, it was all about you know when Shelley. I remember that. Um, it was just a it was a wild ride, and it was really yeah, like I said, baptism by fire, learning everything and uh, getting up to date on everything, and really learning and bonding from Charles himself. You know, we'd sit in the airport for hours in between flights and all that, and just talk. And that's where I learned it all from. Man, that, that sounds super hectic, like so much stuff going on at the same time. And it seems like within a six month period, you kind of had 
this, you kind of just thrust it into this new environment. Like, what were what were your like first impressions of Charles when when you first met him? Because I, you know everybody has watched his famous uh, talks in his room with this big whiteboard. So how was that? Like, what was your first impression of seeing him in person? You know, I remember more distinctly just how laid back he was when I met him. Um, you know, I had never ventured outside of the typical interview space where, you know, you go to a company, you sit in the meeting room, everybody does the formal, you know, song and dance and they review your resume. He didn't have my resume on him. He didn't care. He was wearing that brown jacket, y'all know, and the, the pants and the cowboy boots. And he's like, what's going on? I'm like, oh, okay, it's that kind of interview. Hey, what up? <laughs> So it was really refreshing and really nice that he's a laid back guy. You know, he's professional, he's smart, but he doesn't take it to that smug level. I mean, God, I, I've had to fight him to get him to wear a suit. <laughs> um, you know, and it's really refreshing to work with somebody like that. That's on your level that you both understand what needs to be done. You just go and do. That's what it was about. Just go and do. We don't have to get formal or nitpicky about it. He's a human being. He never treated himself like he was better than anybody. Um, you know, I really felt like I was talking to somebody on my level, you know, he's the boss, but in the end, you know, we could talk about anything and we could hang out as long as we're doing what we got to do. Yeah. That's really cool to hear that. You can tell just like the few instances of being around him that he's really down to earth. So I can, I could definitely see that. So like working at IOHK, like how did SeaWorld come about and how did you get that position? Well, you know, I was doing uh, the EA stuff until 2019, and then COVID was coming in. But at the end of it, um, I uh, I was the one that opened us up to Mongolia. I took us up to Mongolia to meet everybody, and I opened that up while I was still with him doing things on the ground in Korea. Um, and it just blew his mind away. So he's like, you need to go in commercial. You're way too good at this stuff. So I went into commercial. Um, I did that for about a year, and then that's when I started seeing NFTs coming up, and I started studying it a lot. Uh, and basically, internally, I just took it on. Uh, you know, that's the great part of working at IOHK is, you know, there's what your set role is, but they don't limit you to that. They don't try to say, no, that's not your job or anything like that. They're like, you know, if you find something interesting, go explore it. Tell us about it. Uh, so I did exactly that. You know, you've seen the, I'm sure you guys have seen the posts and the interviews and stuff where they're like, you know, they didn't know what to make of uh, NFT. So I was just kind of, uh, you know, charging and leading ahead on that internally and trying to get to know the community and projects that are out there. And what we could do as IOTA, either support them or make something of it to leverage, you know, our marketing strength, our branding strength, things like that. Um, so I did that for a bit. I uh, started with, I, I built the uh, NFT auction for Wolfram uh, blockchain, their blockchain division. Uh, that went incredibly well, especially considering the market at the time. It was uh, a lot of NFTs that did like algorithmic math, uh, math equations. It was really interesting stuff. Uh, then from there, just uh, somehow word got out and started getting hit up, hit up by celebrities. Um, you know, it was when Clay Nation was talking with uh, with Snoop and Champ, and then there was Martin Lawrence, and uh, there was Paul Oakenfold and all that. Um, so I just brought the market, brought them in, and did something with them, um, just showed a lot of expertise in it, and it caught the attention of uh, Les Borsai over at Wave. Wave Financial uh, works with IOG, and they're like an asset management group kind of. Um, but they're the ones that are also uh, uh, pretty much a JV with IOG, and they have what's called C-Fund, uh, which you guys have probably heard of. They've done investments in certain uh, up-and-coming platforms. And Les has been in NFT since like 2016, so him and I just vibed. Uh, you know, he understood it from you know the broader perspective and the uh, Ethereum perspective, but I understood the Cardano perspective and the Cardano community and the projects being out there. 
Um, so basically, he just asked me if I wanted to come over to SeaWorld and focus on NFTs uh, because internally at IO, they were looking at how can we focus on this and build something of it, but not take away from what we need to do. We need to build the blockchain. We're working on Atala. These things are already going. Uh, so I came over to SeaWorld, and I've been kicking that up since. Uh, you know, as you guys saw, we've got an investment, uh, about $6 million in the JPEG store. Uh, we're looking at other platforms. We've got the whole ecosystem uh, that we're looking to invest in because we want to bring uh, entertainment and projects together and be able to move them throughout our ecosystem, whether it's gaming, web series, entertainment, uh, things like that, things that are you know entertainment-focused or content-focused. And be able to make something of them that you don't see typically with media right now. Like you see Warner Brothers is doing another job for Lord of the Rings, but there's no ownership behind it. There's nothing you can do with it. It's like an access token behind a password gateway that lets you watch the movie or some crap like that. We're trying to kick that door down and move past that, where these are actually engaged communities and you're actually building something up that's actually going to be useful um, beyond what you can do now when you log on to Vudu and you buy a movie. That's about it. Um, so we're definitely really interested in that sort of thing. That's what we are really good at focusing on, um, especially the venture side. I was just in L.A. and I was talking to Baron Davis. He's an old uh, uh, NBA all-star. And we were talking about you know how can sports get into this and what could sports do for it. So we look at all kinds of verticals like that. Man, that, that seems like you guys definitely have the future in mind. I know the sentiment wasn't always like that towards what you guys have been doing IOG. I mean, I feel like at least maybe – ago it kind of seemed like you guys were avoiding nfts or at least the topic of it because it didn't really seem like there was any support coming down from the higher up but now- yeah it was more of an it was more of an iog but i'd been in it for a year and a half and it was kind of a a lot of people were getting tired of me going i told you so every five minutes <laughs> no definitely we definitely appreciate you taking the the, the community on your back and you know, making sure that pay attention to what uh, it's, it's definitely uh, it's definitely important. But like you said, during the beginning, you were traveling. You went to 30 different countries. You're going this way, that way with Charles, everywhere you guys are going places. And I can assume like that kind of lifestyle is super hectic. Um, how did you like balance your regular life, your family? I heard some kids in the background. If you got some kids, like how do you balance that with like this hectic crypto world where like one week is one month? <laughs> well, back then with Charles, I didn't have that. My wife was my girlfriend and we didn't have kids. <laughs> so it was kind of a, a relief when I moved into commercial and uh, my wife and I got married and we started the family because things slowed down enough for us to do that. Um, but now it's just a matter of, you know, I don't travel as much. It, it seems like I do, but it's really, at least to me, not nearly as bad as it used to be. Even Charles doesn't travel nearly as much um, as he used to. I mean, we would be gone. I think the final count was like 310 out of 365 days a year. I mean, we were gone a lot. Uh, but now it's toned down a lot in the little trips. You know, my recent one to L.A. was three days. Um, you know, Rare Bloom was here. Senior T-Con was, what, three, four days. So it's not a lot. And it's really easy to balance it out for me. It's more of a finding time between what I've got to do and stay on top of. Uh, you know, as somebody that, that carries the responsibilities that I do, but also being available to my family. So like today, for example, I've got my two kids at home while my wife and my mother-in-law are up at uh, Hot Springs relaxing before they strangle me to death. No, that's that that's amazing. And, and the fact that you're able to make time for everything, I know that it's definitely difficult when you kind of put your all into something, you know, figure out a way to segment everything and give everything the attention that it deserves. 
it, it, it really leads to the downfall to a lot of successful people where they don't have enough hours in the day and they just don't have that kind of time management to be able to allocate what they need to every part of their lives. But like, I guess in the beginning, it's, I mean, right now, if you tell people that you're into crypto or you're into blockchain, they look at you like you're a scammer. They look at you like, what are you talking about? Bitcoin is going to zero. It's fake money. Like, what is wrong with you? So, like, I can't even imagine like how people looked at you back then when it was, it was like even more ridiculous. Like you, you, you have what you're doing? What? Like, is this, are you selling drugs? Like what's going on? So like how, like how supportive what, or like at least understanding was your family and your girlfriend and everybody you told to that, like, Hey, yeah, I'm traveling around the world with this dude and we're making, uh, internet tokens. Like how, how did that kind of happen? You know, when it comes to like parties and social gatherings, my, my wife loves to make me the show pony and talk about what I do. Um, and a lot of the time when people ask me something, I'll sit there and I'll explain it to them one time and then I'll see if everything is kind of glossed over. I'll look at their eyes. Um, and then from there I'll either break it down further or they'll catch on. And then I try to dip out of the conversation before the ask comes like, Hey, can you look at this? Or what do you think of my portfolio? It's like, yeah, I'm not a financial advisor. Like, no, <laughs> uh, but overall it goes pretty well. I, I've had some people, you know, say that, oh, I think that crypto stuff's a scam. And, you know, that's where you're like, you just don't understand technology. Yeah. How many people said the internet was a scam and fax machines were forever? I mean, hell, Japan still thinks fax machines are forever. No, definitely, definitely. And I want to I wanna let everybody listen in. Um, I want to let you guys know that if you guys have any questions, make sure you raise your hand. And we're going to go ahead and segment some time for anybody that has questions we're not gonna interrupt the conversation mid-topic but we are gonna have specific times so that you guys can talk and josh you know any questions that you have but we are going to be limiting the questions to like one or two per person so that we don't drag it along so just be respectful of that uh but yeah go ahead Fauci. yeah so like you started working with charles in 2017 like in the midst kind of a bear market you kind of built through the entire bear market like, what was your motivation to like, keep building? Everybody was calling, you know, Cardano a ghost chain and everything. You know, that stuff never really bothered me. And it comes from having so much time with Charles to sit down behind the scenes that he explained out the technology and where it could go and what it could do. You know, I remember I remember knowing what Shelly was on paper uh, before I'd even met any of the people building it or designing it. Um, so I already, I already knew what was coming. It was just more of a... The way that you know Charles put it across and what I had seen. I mean, we're talking this is December. Bitcoin just hit twenty grand. Everybody was popping, and then you know we started watching it go down. <laughs> it was like, no, 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 keep going, keep hustle, keep building, build, build, build. He's like, you know, we're not going to stop. We're going to get there. You know, the market is irrelevant. What matters is what we deliver. Um, and that's what just kind of stuck to me is it doesn't matter where the market is. It's high. It's low. It is three cents, 30 cents, $3. It doesn't make a difference for me. It's not a quick, uh, you know, a get rich quick thing for me, especially not for me. Um, you know, it's more of, I want to be here. I believe in what I'm doing. That's why I'm so adamant about, uh, you know, NFTs. And I fought so hard for, you know, outside of IOG, inside of IOG and all around it. Um, it's just, you find something that, you know, makes you very passionate and you stick with it. And he was very passionate about his vision with Cardano, uh, you know, I was very passionate about, you know, we can do this. We can be one of those guys that are, you know, on stage. I, I remember, you know, we'd sit at his talks and people, you know, were wanted to hear him speak, but would gloss over when he started talking about Cardano specifically. And then that, that narration it changed over time. 
uh, that people were interested in what Cardano was doing or what it meant or what POS was, uh, you know, and all that stuff. And I got to watch that transition. So it just tells me that, you know, this is a young industry, but it's a growing and maturing industry, slowly but surely. Yeah, and you know, it takes definitely a different type of mindset to be able to push through all of that being kind of neglected, not given the the time of day. But now, you know, we're starting to see a change where we have more people coming over from different chains. We have more people coming over that are like, you know, may- maybe, you know, I I watched I listened to, you know, too many bad takes on YouTube and I saw too many memes about ghost chain and I should probably, you know, spend some time to think about it and you're seeing it now we're having a mini bull run in this bear market where so many of the you know top nft projects in cardano are seeing all-time highs and floor and all-time high sales and it's definitely something that's super inspirational for the people that are going through it and building now because it's definitely hard to build in this type of environment when everything is so dreadful but i want to let everybody know um to make sure you guys go ahead and share the space so we can get as many people in here as possible so we can everybody can hear joshua speaking we have two people up here that want to ask questions milau you were the first one milau gaming so i'll go ahead and let you go ahead and then bitfins you go right after right after them so milau uh you're, you have the floor yo yo can you hear me yeah we hear you all right Hey, so uh, first off, I, I was I was told to join this space by somebody in the in the chat, uh, but I've been enjoying it, and it's uh, it's been a, a good listen. And uh, my question is, so I know a lot of us here um, we enjoy NFTs, of course, and we enjoy crypto and everything. But one of the, like the the big things I find uh, pretty difficult is to relay the message to someone outside of the space on why crypto and why nfts are important so josh i want to ask you like i know you deal with a lot of people that are outside the space when y'all are visiting different places and stuff like what would be your what would be your best way to to tell someone hey look this is what nfts are and this is where they're going because it's very hard to explain like you know right now it's just jpeg pictures and silly cartoons or whatever for the time being but we know that it's going to be more than that so how do you explain that to someone outside the space uh the importance of nfts it's all about knowing your audience uh you know i've come across that a lot personally we're like you know nfts jpeg i i just don't get it so i'll poke around and see what they do know about you know it'll either be uh you know magic the gathering or pokemon cards or relatable things that are collectible uh you know on the older generation i actually talked to a, a couple last week and i used baseball cards as an example uh you know grading baseball cards who own the baseball card putting the baseball card out of auction or using that you know uh baseball card to be able to go and actually you know get behind the scenes vip pass or being part of a community and part of actually getting the giveaways of gloves all that stuff i find a, i find a point that i can relate to them i mean some guys even go as far as saying well you know how you can unlock your car with your um you know your keychain and you know some cars now you can unlock it using an app on your phone. Well, what if you had an NFT you could rent to somebody and they could borrow your car? Think about how much they could cut out the middleman and go straight to your PayPal account. You know, it's just about finding the niche, finding something that somebody understands from what you know about them, or where you can research about it, or where you can pull from a conversation. Hey, are you in the sports? Are you in the Pokemon? Were you in the Beanie Babies way back when? Anything like that. Just know your audience and then look at it from the derivative of how you can speak to that 
given what's been done before and what that evolution has brought us to here, which is NFTs. It's a natural progression of when, what we look at collectibles, what we look at, you know, our digital art distribution, commercial rights, uh, all that stuff. Yeah, that's definitely, definitely a great question. Malau, unless you have any other question, um, just let me know and then we can go ahead and pass it to Bitfins if you don't have anything to follow up with. No, I just wanted to say uh, thanks, man. It's uh, it's it's really it really helps put in perspective. Uh, you know, it's it's difficult sometimes, you know, to have a conversation with somebody that just doesn't know anything about the space. And and like you said earlier, you're talking about how you know we're just so early and how you know we're you know the internet phase was so early, and then like they thought, oh, that's only going to be used as like a catalog, and then now look what we use the internet for, you know. So. Uh, I see that as as a, a very we're in the same boat, you know. In, in NFTs, we're very very early, um, so it's exciting to 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 know that. Uh, but one last question before I I, I, I throw it over to uh, to you uh, and Bitfins and stuff. But um, what um, I, I know maybe you probably can't ask this, but you know maybe we can get a little spicy. Uh, what uh, what's your favorite NFT project? <laughs> oh god look anything i say here is going to get me in trouble with somebody <laughs> uh oh god how, how about we do top three maybe that can you know save you a little bit all right top three i'd have to say um old money i think they're a fun crowd uh to be around uh, the Ape Society, uh, just because of how uh, incredibly interactive and helpful they've been on their Discord, and uh, also what I've been able to do with it and really show, and you know the board they went went into, and it's been one that I can relate to investors and other 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 people I talk to. It's a good number to put up there. Um, naturally, I have to say Space Buds, man. They they paved the way. None of this would have been possible if not for them. I mean, think about how far behind we would have been if you know Alessandro hadn't just chucked it in and gone for it and fought that battle. There you go. I mean, those, those are, those are very solid picks. You can't go wrong with those three. Um, allow, those are awesome. Those are awesome questions, but we're going to go ahead and pass it over to Bitfins. Thank you for coming up. Um, I love the question about um, talking to other people that, you know, don't understand the space. I feel like that's going to be super valuable for people listening, but Bitfins, you have the floor. Uh, go ahead. Yeah, first off, uh, nice again to meet you at Rare Bloom, Josh. You know, some passing. <laughs> we kept like talking to people, so that was dope. Um, yeah, I've got a couple of questions. That I'm going to give my opinions on them too. Uh, one of them is going to be outside of Cardano and Ergo, because I know those are predominantly what's talked about in Cardano. Is there another blockchain you think is doing some cool stuff to onboard people and utilizing their technology? And then two, what do you feel is going to be that leading catalyst to bring more people on board? Uh, and then I'll give mine. It's, uh, you know, I like what Polygon is doing with the Reddit NFTs. I'm not a huge fan of the Starbucks model, but the Reddit NFTs were definitely a good way. The way they've been marketing it and keeping it so it's not going over people's heads has been nice. Um, and then for mass adoption, I think pinpointing more on that entertainment value, like connecting to people, like you said, like matching the gathering and showing people like an inherent use case for NFTs is going to be a lot more viable for a lot of people than monetary value. But I'd love your opinions on that. 
One second. Hey, no worries, man. It's the, it's the life of a dad. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, it sure is. Uh, well, damn, you took mine with Polygon and Reddit. I just think that's amazing um, what they did there. Uh, let's see. Who would be another you, you, one? You can, you can copy mine. That's the same one. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to beat that one. I got to say, I've seen some pretty interesting stuff on XRP lately. And given what that community is going through and the hell that they're going through with that lawsuit stuff, uh, you got to aim it to them for digging in uh, and keeping the belief uh, and all that. I really hope they come out of it on time. It sounds like they're going to come out of it on top. Um, it's just damn impressive, especially you know for a community and what's going on there. They're not delusional like Terra people. Uh, let's see. Adoption-wise, you know, it's going to be more of when people are willing to cross that line and stop with the facade of what NFTs are versus could be. Uh, I'll give you an example. The Warner Brothers uh, launch of the NFTs for Lord of the Rings. It is an exact repeat of what they did for The Matrix. That's what they did for the Space Jam 2. Um, so there's nothing really innovative to it besides it acting as a secondary token that gives you access to film uh, to stream the movie. Why would anybody want to do that? What's it matter? It's not, you're not capturing anybody new. You're just capturing diehard fans that are probably already in crypto. Um, but it's just, you know, Warner Brothers has the experience and the opportunity to break down that barrier and start talking about being able to, you know, license out rights or, you know, CCO or things like that. And I really hope them or someone like that is, is close to doing it. Um, you know, I understand nobody really wants to screw with being a security or getting close, but there's got to be more that such a powerhouse like Warner Brothers can do. Um, and I really think they're in a position to do it. Yeah, I definitely agree on that front. I mean... It definitely helps that they're kind of almost a middle ground between Web 2 and Web 3. But I mean, obviously, you know, it's not where we want it to be. But I think it's like harder to because we're on the other side where it's like, OK, we already have the technology. Why are we doing this? Um, but I can see it as like a marketing standpoint, why it could be valuable. Um, I guess like a follow up to the cross chain stuff is, uh, you know, obviously I'm super into building multi chain and there's pros and cons of like certain blockchains and things that you could do with that do you feel it's valuable if you have the opportunity as a brand right now to try to be making those connections and building almost like bridges between chains at this uh, point in time absolutely i've always thought that um you know i started that uh, i started myself experimenting with that when i brought virtua on because virtua uh was native to ethereum and then they uh, uh they went over to polygon and that was the first multi-chain test that i did just to see if you know my theory was right uh, you know, that this could be something. And I absolutely think it's important. I think we're seeing that everywhere we look at, you know, OpenSea has gone multi-chain. Magic Eden is going multi-chain and then shooting themselves in the foot with royalties. But at least they're doing that. But I think everybody knows that. At the end of the day, it's not going to be about what blockchain it's on. It's going to be what's got the right thing at the right time for the right person. Uh, and multi-chain is a component of that where you'll be able to mint your NFT to the chain of your choice, the cheapest uh, gas fee of your choice, or the one that connects you to the ecosystem of your choice. You know, if you want to take it into the Solana ecosystem, if you want to take it into the Cardano ecosystem, uh, you know, things like that, people are going to look at where can I go from here? Um, I think that's something that's going to be really big, uh, especially in the gaming sector, as they catch on to what can cross over one day, they'll make bridges that are harder to hack. <laughs> Um, but we'll see a lot more interactions between, you know, the marketplace experience to the metaverse experience to the gaming experience to the art collection uh, experience. And I think that's going to be one of the key drivers 
uh, one of the key funnels to deliver that. Yeah, I, I love that response, and I'll hand it over to you guys after this. But uh, yeah, my viewpoint is, um, you know, I'm just kind of looking around the space. There's not a lot of people that allow you to use your NFTs for multiple chains, and I think it's a huge missed opportunity because it's not super hard to implement. Um, you know, what we've done is it's literally just SDKs for wallets. We've got MetaMask, and now we can do Ethereum, Polygon, virtually any thing that connects to MetaMask. And then, you know, you go to a chain like XRP, you just integrate like an SDK into the game system with their wallets and now you're reading ipfs from their nfts like it's not super hard but it, it, i just don't understand why more people aren't going towards that because me if you're a brand and you're trying to grow the more people you can kind of touch indirectly only benefits you even if it's a little more work yeah i think it's all an avenue or approach right now a lot of projects are trying to figure out what they even really are uh, foundational wise, community wise, what's realistic. And, you know, a lot of projects right now are just trying to survive the bear market. They've done their sale and they're, you know, trying to make the A to last as data is going down and things like that. Um, but I think, you know, uh, the bear market is where you build. Um, and then the bull run is when you, you explode and you innovate and you expand. Um, and I think that, you know, we'll receive it right now. We're going, you know, why aren't you doing this? Why aren't you doing it? I think we're going to be very pleasantly surprised very soon. So, Josh, now going from IOHK to SeaWorld, what kind of things do you kind of have down a pipeline or things that you're anticipating to kind of help Cardano NFTs go for, like, kind of grow and go forward? You know, one of the goals for me at SeaWorld is connect projects um, with, uh, you know, mainstream uh, entertainment, branding, et cetera, uh, those kinds of opportunities. Uh, and that's something that I'm working on very hard, especially on two specific things that are in my pipeline right now. But there's big opportunity uh, to connect projects uh, in, in there together. So it's not just like a cash grab, like, you know, Chris Brown did terribly with his attempt. And it's not just ones that have no meaning. It's like, you know, I'm great. Here's my NFT. Buy this. I'm trying to get away from that and make things that are engaging the projects that build up the space, um, but also capture both sides of the fence with community uh, and fan base. And I'm really excited for where that's coming from with a couple of things, like I said, they're in the shoot. That can be really surprising. And one of the ways that we're testing things out uh, is actually with uh, with Lace and their launch partners and the things that they're doing with that. Um, it's very, very low-key, and it's only a couple of them right now, but testing out different things that we can do, um, especially using the power of a wallet and the power of a project um, to cross that boundary into all these different uh, platforms and opportunities. So it's really going to be interesting in the next six months or so uh, where we get with that. Yeah, that's super. That's super interesting, and you know, everybody appreciates the work that you're putting in to develop the space and and really get us into into these conversations. Uh, we had two more people come up here with questions. We're gonna go to Sil first because he he came up here first. Stock trader, we're gonna get to you right after him. But Sil, go ahead. You have the floor. Thank you, thank you, and uh, thanks for hosting the space. So, uh, questions that I have are like, what ways do you think we could try and combat? echo chambers in the space because i think our reach even within our own internal communities is like not very good um and i can, you can see that a lot so that that's part one any thoughts you know from my experience a lot of what uh what's been relied on are people finding cardano or having questions about cardano and then submitting some sort of inquiry or going to find out rather than doing outbound now with nft that's all i could do is outbound so you know if I say NFT in the Cardano community, everybody knows what I'm talking about or if I'm doing something. Um, so a lot of it is just branching out of it. And that can be done 
Uh, one is being done through Twitter. A fine example is anytime somebody puts up a poll, somebody comments, nice poll, and we're off to the races. Uh, you know, other sides of that are just being engaging um, outside of it and being part of the conversation, especially at conferences that, you know, aren't just CNFT kind, but aren't just, uh, you know, specifically NFT focused. You can have those kinds of conversations because they're a lot more mixed. Uh, you know, that's why I know Wave and IOG have had those kind of conversations and sent leads to me from a, a Milken conference that was in Toronto. Yeah. Uh, there's, you know, all kinds of conferences and engagements that you can do. There's local meetups, just things that are outside of the Cardano bubble. Sure, some people will laugh you off, probably. Uh, you'll come across Maxis no matter where you are. Um, but those willing to listen and engage, that's how you come across the biggest opportunities. Uh, you know, that's where uh, Dish Network came from. That's where uh, Martin Lawrence came from. Uh, you know, it's where, in the end, all the things that we've been able to do uh, with Snoop and Champ beyond uh, just Clay Nation has come from. And it just shows that people are out there and willing to listen. It's just about finding your voice and finding your, uh, your audience, just wherever it can be. Yeah, uh, that makes a lot of sense. Thanks for that. And then uh, my other question is, um, do you think that there would be an appetite within the Cardano Catalyst system for like marketing campaigns? Like, Absolutely. God, yes. Uh, Emmanuel uh, Pizza Night, he put in uh, one. I'm not sure if I got funded or not. I actually have to check. But it was strictly about getting funding for marketing. Rare Bloom pulled in a quarter mil for their conference. So, yes, the opportunity is in Catalyst. Go make the category. Go argue your case. Don't think that it's not for you. Go do it. Now is the time. They're listening. It's clearly working. We're seeing examples. Yes, Catalyst can be used for that, and it should be. Sorry, you said make a, a category? I wasn't aware that I'm you not enti- that. I'm not entirely sure how it works. You'll have to ask Daniel or people okay. that are in Catalyst, but something about voting for categories or suggesting categories, something okay. like that. Cool. Thanks. Yeah, so those are awesome questions. And uh, actually, uh, Player Mint had a proposal to create their own category focused on gaming last Catalyst uh, event. So if you have any questions about that, you can talk to the Player Mint team, and I'm sure they'll help you out. But uh, Dog Trade, you have the floor. Go ahead, man. What, what you got What you got for us? Hey, thanks, buddy. How you going, Josh? Hey, doing well. How are you? Yeah, good, mate. Good, good. I'll, I'll show you a project at the end, mate. But uh, I wanted to, uh, first of all, just, uh, I suppose, I know you haven't been in SeaWorld very long, but you have been outbounding and engaging in, uh, I suppose, the entertainment space with a number of players. What's, what's the general feeling out there? I mean, how interested are they, I suppose, in uh, talking about blockchain and looking at projects within blockchain? You know, there's companies all over the place that are looking for how blockchain fits uh, especially with NFTs is all about, you know, how can we engage our customers or fan base or anything like that on a much deeper level than we are now? And how can we do it that cuts, you know, cuts costs or we don't have to print as many coupons or it's not so, um, it doesn't require so much effort behind an app. I mean, you just need a community moderator and you just push out the updates. Um, so there's a, a large, large appetite from it. And it's for everywhere. I've talked to, you know, fashion. I've talked to a uh, winter wear, uh, all the way down to I've talked to sports uh, leaders. I've talked to uh, television networks. It's everywhere. Everybody's looking at it, not just for the distributed ledger technology of, you know, it being immutable and, and things like that. But it's like, you know, how can we get on that level and engage that younger fan base or that new fan base that's in this Web3 stuff uh, and make something that actually talks to them that provides, you know, meaning, purpose and direction. Um, so the appetite's everywhere. You'd be surprised if you talk to 
uh, you know, you bring up, you know, digital collectibles or you say NFTs or anything like that, and they're like, well, could it do A, B, and C? And then you're off to the races. Yeah, so just, just a follow-up on that. So obviously a number of people at least are talking the lingo, which, which is great. Um, how far progressed do you think some of them are with actually executing plans inside of the NFT community or blockchains? I mean, are we are we twelve months away, twenty four months away? Are we going to see things coming on in the next six months? What's uh, I think what's you're going to see more and more coming online uh, in the next six months. Now, as far as risk wise, or going out of the comfort zone of just doing NFT drop, NFT drop, and then being like CNN shut off. It's going to be a bit to that because right now, these companies that are learning about it or don't know much about it are out there hiring so-called NFT experts. And believe me, I've met them in, oh my God. <laughs> so a lot of them have a lot to learn and a lot to uh, understand about the space themselves besides relying on somebody that ended up being able to BS and baffle them in an interview. Yeah, cool. All right. Well, look, I will yield the floor. But before I go, uh, look, if anybody doesn't know, Joss has a bit of a sideline called uh, ZEA Merch. Uh, he's got some fantastic uh, you know, merchandise and Cardano stuff on there. So uh, go, and, go and check it out. Thanks, Josh. Thank you. You know, speaking of those coins, though, I actually own one of them, too, though. If you want to actually take a minute or two to kind of tell us about ZEA Merch. Sure. Well, ZEA Merch originally started out as Crypto Supreme. And I started it in 2018 because... Charles came to me one day and said, we should sell T-shirts. I never see uh, T-shirts for Cardano. So I was like, okay. <laughs> so I went and uh, figured it out. And then I tried to do it under IOG. And uh, the accounting department, the finance department, got super angry with me. <laughs> uh, so I took it out of that and just started running it myself. It's been around uh, for four years. We rebranded it to uh, Zia Merch in 2020 uh, and launched it in September, I think. Um, and it's just your standard uh, run-of-the-mill, uh, you know, trademark um, items. They have, you know, Cardano, IOG, et cetera. I worked with uh, the Cardano Foundation uh, back when I started this all up to get permission to put it on uh, uh, graphic tees and what the do's and don'ts were. Uh, and then I kind of evolved it as Shelly was coming and things like that. I, I, I thought, you know, well, what if we did like some sort of collectible coin or something? Uh, so I went and found a source for it. I made some challenge coins. I started with the Byron era. It's got a picture of uh, the Daedalus logo on one side, the Ada logo on the other. Uh, it was just made of matte brass. Uh, back then, I only made 500 of them. Um, so I sold them off, and then they were such a huge hit, people were clamoring for them, that I ended up having to make 500 unnumbered ones to give away at Cardano's first anniversary in September of 2018, I think. Yeah. Uh, and I ended up giving it to everybody because uh, we were in Japan, and they just like went out the door. They're gone. Every now and then, I see one of them pop up on a on a sales site in uh, Japan. It's only for like five minutes. I can never find it twice. Um, so I did it again for um, uh, for Shelly when it came out. We did that around the IOHK Summit, uh, which was in April of 2019. Uh, made coins for that. They sold out. Uh, then I did it again for Gogan. Uh, tried something a little different because we weren't quite at NFTs yet. Um, so I looked at how could we laser etch a QR code. Uh, that can, can at least, uh, you know, go to your wallet, uh, be used for a wallet. So it's kind of like, you know, if you, if somebody wanted to pay, you could pull that out and you, they could just scan your coin and that did all right. But the NFT was uh, troublesome to say the least. We had issues with connecting it, people entering the wrong wallet address, just uh, a whole lot of learning points and things that I'm actually going to, well, as soon as Basho is sold, 
I'm going to go back and fix. I'm going to initiate a swap program for them and uh, a remit because the guy I was working with closed the policy ID way too soon. So a bunch of them didn't get minted. And then Basho is the culmination of everything that's been learned, all the latest technology, all of it crammed together. I found a guy um, that can specifically uh, sandblast and carve out these coins, um, but they can be hollowed out. And he's got a patent on a certain NFC tag with a, a very certain uh, shielding on it so that we can embed the NFC tag in the coin, cover it with uh, epoxy coating. And uh, I worked with NFT link. And so that's where the coins that, like you have, uh, where you scan the coin and it takes you to the EndMaker site where you're able to mint your NFT and you can see it coming, you know what it is. Uh, but after you've done that, when you scan it again, it automatically redirects you to your NFT on pool.pm. And that's only phase one. Phase two is NFT link viewer. That when you scan your coin, it's going to take you to that viewer. And that's where I'm going to be able to drop combinations of things into. And you're also going to be able to customize it. So you're able to customize what the NFTs do, who you interact with, uh, where your NFT is staking. And then also for things that I'm doing, I can incorporate this into SeaWorld. So if we have an event going on or if we're sponsoring something, et cetera, et cetera, I can drop something to those coins uh, they're NFC tags that'll get you like VIP access or it'll get you a certain uh, a token. Like if you get a basic ticket to a conference, I can drop something on top of it. Uh, that gets you into a special dinner or an after party, all kinds of things like that. And this is the token that's meant to last. And then next will come Voltaire. Uh, Voltaire is going to be some sort of uh, something to do with a voting mechanism inside of it, but we're still working on that part. But that's the great part about Basho is that Basho is built to last. It's built to be incorporated uh, be useful for everything that you're doing um, and everything that's up and coming, especially with IOG and SeaWorld. Um, even if I'm here or not here, it can still live on because it lives with the community, it lives with NMaker, and it lives with N uh, uh, NFT Link. Yeah, that's super interesting because there are there are only a few physical items so far that have been linked with NFTs. I know people have done like clothing. I know people have done um i know there's these things called nano frames where people can show their nfts on there uh, an amazing project wild tanks they have their own uh, iphone widget app where you can display your nfts on there so to see you know another thing be added on there with the coin i think that that's super awesome and it's definitely going to be propelling the space and getting people to start thinking of ways we can implement this technology in the the real world because i feel like that is like the, that's going to be the leading thing towards adoption where people can actually see a use case in their everyday lives for it um but we we talked we talked a lot about all of the experiences that you've had so far and in your crazy life traveling everywhere being there from ground zero going through bear markets going through bull markets so i feel like you're kind of the best person to ask um about you know the kind of skill set that you need to be able to succeed in this kind of industry in this kind of space and uh, on the podcast we definitely always try to get as much value for all of our listeners and people that are at different areas of their life whether they're already part of a project whether they're already ahead of their project or they want to start a project or they want to you know incorporate blockchain in any other type of their lives um, but a lot of people might not know where to look, what, what, what things they should be doing, what, what, what are like the skills that they should be developing to be able to get into this kind of industry. So if you were to give like, maybe like three set of skills, like three of the most important sets of skills that you need to be successful in this industry, like, what would you say is the most important? You know, one of the skills I would say is, you know, be open to being social and networking because the answer 
to any idea or any any question you have is probably already out there or somebody's thought about it. Um, you know, you learn a lot by networking and just getting involved, sticking your hand up, uh, going to spaces, just, you know, be involved. That's a big one. Um, the other one, the next one would be resiliency. Don't be afraid to fail. And if you do fail, don't let it keep you down. I screwed up the Gogan thing hard, but that didn't stop me. And here I am later trying to fix it. Um, you know, and just like working with Charles as an EA, I had my good days. I had my bad days. Uh, it wasn't perfect, but at the end of the day, you go to sleep, you wake up, you go, okay, let's do this. Um, you know, so definitely be resilient, uh, you know, don't give up. Uh, don't take everything to heart, especially on crypto Twitter. And the third thing I would say is just persistence. Um, you know, it goes along with, you know, it's not, it's not just about not giving up, but it's also seeing things through. It's going to get hard. It's an uphill battle. There's going to be parts of this stuff that you're not going to understand. Uh, no matter how many times somebody explains it to you or how many times Adam Dean has had to dumb things down for me. Uh, it's just about being persistent and, uh, you know, going after what you think and what you believe in and seeing it through. It's like all those guys that uh, that uh, don't make it through Catalyst. It sucks, but you see them the very next round, or they're on, uh, you know, they're on Twitter saying, "Yeah, we didn't get it this round, but we're going to be back, and we're going to be back better than ever, and we're going to get it." And I've seen, I've seen the the stories from that, and I've seen them come back successful. So, persistence is uh, is definitely the key in going after what you want. Yeah, that's super valuable, especially in this kind of space where everybody is so hypercritical of every step that you make. Where it's like a lot of people, they're they're lucky that their mistakes are kind of more in private and in other businesses where you can get away with that. You can get away with messing up and nobody knowing. But like in this space, if you mess up a mint or you mess up some metadata or like you said with Basho, you messed up, you're going to everybody's going to know and everybody's going to drag you in the mud and make sure that you understand how badly you fucked up. So having that kind of like mental strength to be able to take that criticism and then still keep moving forward, not only is it going to develop, you know, confidence in yourself, it's also going to develop a work ethic. It's also going to develop a mindset of perseverance that's going to really get you where you need to be. And uh, those those are awesome. Those are awesome tips. Those are awesome skills. And anybody that's that's listening to this that you feel like those could apply to you or maybe you're lacking with even talking to people because I know especially nowadays, the 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 way that society is going everybody's cooped up everybody's on social media nobody has you know great social skills it's becoming harder and harder to be able to connect with people in person like definitely take time to develop those skills take time to go out and, and talk to people that you never met before and put yourself out there because it's scary at first and it can feel terrifying but once you get used to it it's going to open up a whole world of opportunities for you um but yeah, I, I want to let everybody know that's listening. If you guys have any questions, make sure you raise your hand and we'll get you up here. Um, we're nearing towards the end of the episode. So just in case you guys have anything you want to say, don't wait until it's over and say, oh, man, I wish I would have asked. Go ahead and, and raise your hand and we'll get you up here. Don't be scared to talk to Josh. I promise he doesn't bite. Um, but other than that, Josh, I I I definitely see you as somebody that a lot of people kind of strive to get into your position, somebody that started from the bottom uh, with just an idea and was able, you know, to work with the team and get it to where it's at now, where people are starting to look at us more seriously. Like, what would you say, what would you say to somebody that's looking at you and being like, wow, like I, I want to get to that point in my life one one time, like one, and one day I want to get to that point. Like, what would you be like, what would be the 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 best advice you can give them? 
<laughs> find an easier way. <laughs> uh, no, I'd say go for it. You know, I get uh, questions all the time about, uh, from people that are like, you know, I'm not a developer. How can I get into this space? And I'm just like, you know, you don't have to be a developer. You don't have to be able to do anything specific. Just do what you know. Do what you're good at. It can be marketing, it can be creation, it can be ideation, uh, it can be strategy, strategizing, uh, anything. You know, just look at what you can do and how you can contribute. And I promise the opportunity is out there. I mean, they're making up roles out there for, you know, chief community officer, chief engagement officer, uh, you know, uh, uh, NFT, uh, a- NFT marketing strategist, all, all kinds of things are out there. So just look out there for what you can do and what you can contribute to. And you can certainly get in this space, um, you know, and definitely for anybody that's in an admin role, like I started out with, uh, you know, just think of what you want to be when you grow up, uh, whether it's part of an admin team or whether it's an EA. Um, and if EA is the way you want to go, then are you trying to make it a chief of staff? Are you trying to branch out? Uh, or are you just trying to figure things out? That's what I had to do uh, as an EA. I never would have guessed that I'd end up as a VP at a Web3 uh, studio specifically in the Cardano blockchain. That's I, I never would have been able to guess that. So sky's the limit, guys. Don't limit yourself. Yeah, that's really cool to hear. So I got a DM and somebody wanted to ask uh, meme, when meme master in chief. So obviously a lot of people interested. Is there a job board or is there a, where indeed or how do we get a job at IOHK or SeaWorld? Well, IOHK has a career page. Um, and they've, they've always got jobs that are hiring and it's based on what region you're in. Other than that, I think there was like a Cardano jobs board that was out there. Um, but all the major ones like the Cardano Foundation, IOG, etc. all have job boards. Yeah, that's dope. That's dope, man. It's really cool to hear. Um, I'm definitely, definitely go ahead and check out those those job boards guys i know it's hard to get a job nowadays um in web3 because there isn't any there isn't any real easy way to find but there's more and more websites coming out just make sure you do your google searches and and take some of the tips that joshua was saying ask ask the people ask people that that you're looking at and you're like man i want to be like them one day ask them i mean i'm sure it's going to be kind of hard to like get into the dms because you know you have to have security and safety for your accounts but if you ever find, you know, an opportunity to go up on a Twitter space or go up on maybe a, a Discord is having an AMA or something, you know, go up there and ask, like, hey, what's the what's how did you get your job? And a lot of the times, like, for example, I got my my position at Player Mint by just being part of the community. I was just providing value. I was uh, I was there from day one helping any way that I could. And I eventually, you know, was able to create like make it into a job. So. It's really not as hard as you guys think. Just put yourself out there and and make sure that you're confident and and definitely I like I like the tip that you gave Joshua of playing to your strengths. Definitely play to your strengths because I tried to go that developer route and it's just like if it's not something that you're really passionate about, it's just not going to work. Like every day is going to feel miserable. You're not going to be excited to do anything. Um so find something that you're already good at that you already love and figure out a way to 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 bring it into the blockchain and see how you can implement that. And I promise you that's going to be way more successful than you, you know, trying to learn a different skill that you don't like, because it's just going to, your, your, your mindset, you're just going to have a bad mindset and it's, it's going to be really tough to get through the days. Uh, but I want to let everybody know that's listening that 
Um, we are going to be ending soon, so make sure you guys go ahead and enter that giveaway that's pinned up at the top um, because we're going to be uh, picking the winners, and the winners are going to be announced under that tweet. All right? The winners are going to be announced under that tweet. So make sure you guys go ahead and check that out. It's going to be three free NFTs right there, free of cost. You don't have to pay to enter. So, it, you know, we, we like to give back to everybody that supports us. Um, Joshua, man, I, I'm super, super happy that you came on the podcast. Um, I'm super happy that you gave us these awesome tips, these awesome, you know, uh, things that we should be thinking about as people that are trying to grow this space. Because remember, everybody, the, the Cardano community isn't anything without us. If we're not the ones that are building, if we're not the ones that are innovating, if we're not the ones that are, you know, gaining community and bringing people, onboarding people, it's going to die. So when you guys are, are looking at Cardano and you're thinking, man, what's going on? What's what's going on? Like, why is it that that everything is failing? Everything's under mint. The market is dead. Nobody cares about us. It's up to us to put it in our own hands. It's up to us to go out into these Twitter spaces to get the word out. Sure, you're going to get a lot of hate. But I mean, last month, everybody was talking trash. And every single Twitter space that I was going into, everybody was all the ease people were talking shit about Cardano. Every single one. But now look at look at all of them now. Now all of them are, are are like, oh, I just bought an ape. I just bought an ape society. I just bought a what what? I know you guys seen the tweets, the the engagement farming. Oh, what what NFT should I buy? I got a th I got a million ADA. What NFT should I buy? <laughs> but anyways, I digress, man. We got one more question from Malu Gaming, and then we're gonna go ahead and wrap it up. Malu Gaming, you got you got the floor, man. I know you're you. We're seeing a lot of low prices in ADA or whatever, but uh, this is a cool stat. I don't know if you saw it, but uh, there's big news that the top project on ADA, which is Ape Society right now, actually had more volume today than the top project in Seoul, which is D-Gods. So there's like a, an excitement happening right now, and a lot of people are uh, switching over. And uh, I've been seeing it on Twitter. I don't know if anybody else has been seeing it, but I've been seeing a lot of dot eth a lot of soul people saying hey look i'm getting my first cardano nft so it's a really exciting time and uh, i'd like to encourage everybody that's listening and this has been a great podcast by the way and thank you josh for for all that you said and it's been great i'd like to encourage everybody that's on twitter that has a twitter that has a following like go engage with those people make them feel welcome you know show them that cardano is more than just uh you know whatever you know whatever they think that we are memes or or bots or whatever show them that we're a community and that we're here and that it's it's something that is is here to stay and that hopefully one day will be the uh top nft uh chain so uh yeah that's all i want to say um, yeah, just a, just a spin on that real quick yeah guys there's a lot of uh soul projects that are looking to move over ever since magic e made that announcement my email and dms have blown up um so Definitely talk to you can out there and build bridges um, because there's a lot of opportunity uh, out there. And people are noticing that Cardano is a pers uh, perspective one to look at. And don't undervalue that. Definitely, definitely. Uh, Joshua, I want to say again, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, you, you were an amazing guest. You provided so much value. And I hope everybody that's listening, you guys had an amazing time. I hope you guys got the value that you wanted. Uh, feel free to make sure you guys follow the Twitter account because we're going to be back here next Saturday at 9 p.m. Um, Joshua, we're going to open it up for you. You got, you know, if you have any closing remarks, any shout outs you want to do, go ahead. 
Uh, well, sure, yeah. Uh, I hope I get to see some of you guys out there at the uh, Cardano Summit, whether it's at a satellite one or it's at the one in uh, Switzerland. Uh, for everybody who was at CNFTCon in Rare Bloom, I hope you had a great time. Uh, I was happy to go to get Charles there at CNFTCon and also to get him to meet projects. Uh, I'm very happy with that. And uh, I guess that's about it. Shout out to you guys, the community. This is all because of you. Um, you know, back in the day, I was just in the in the background making things happen for Charles and you know, it's the community that, after a long trip, kept us going. So, kudos to you guys. Oh, yeah, man. I appreciate you for giving us the time you did to uh, come on here and at least, like, listen to us and kind of give us some feedback as well. Appreciate that. Awesome, awesome. Thank you guys so much for coming. Um, we have our giveaway winners announced, so make sure you guys go ahead and check that tweet and see if you won. And uh, other than that, thank you guys so much for coming out. And we will see you guys in the next episode. Yeah, thank you for all our listeners as well. Appreciate you guys for always showing up.